This is our season to win. We win in every single season. No matter what's going on in the economy, no matter what's going on in the world, we win in every season. Because the Bible tells us, thanks be to God mm -hmm. who has given us the victory. I need you to put in the comments, I already have the victory. I already have the victory. And I think it's so important that you have a perspective that you already have the victory because there is a difference in playing to win and playing not to lose. And as believers, we want to make sure we're not playing not to lose, just trying to barely make it through, just trying to stay here until it's time to go to heaven. We are actually playing to win. We are playing um, in order to see everything that Jesus has said about us be fully fulfilled because of what he did on the cross. Amen. 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 So, babe, do you just give them a little recap of what we've talked about and then we'll set them up for what um, we're going to be talking about today? Sure. So if you've been with us the last six or seven weeks, you know, we started uh, really on Easter Sunday uh, talking about the resurrected life and how do we live the resurrected life and what does that mean for us? And we uh, tried our best to exhaust as much revelation as we could from the book of Colossians, uh, helping us to understand our new identity, that we are complete in him. And I know it became almost this thing that we just said every week. And I don't want it to glaze it over to just being a, 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 a new saying, but we really truly are complete in Christ. Amen. Uh, and, and in that completeness, Christ mirrors that for us and mm -hmm. that we look at him uh, and when we when we, we when we are in awe at him and who he is, we realize that the Bible says as he is in this world, so then so are we. Amen. And so we are the completeness of Christ. Uh, we talked about how our different mind, our, our difference. Uh, our different state of mind causes us to live a life of labor and, and, and heartaches and hardship and annoyances and mm -hmm. how we were beyond that point now that we're, we're not we're not going back to that state of living. We're not going to be indifferent to the things of God. We're not going to be indifferent to Holy Spirit. Uh, and so really just, you know, we, we talked about how to make sure we're spending our time right focused on throne room realities. Yes. You know, all of these things that we've said over and over and over for the last six or seven weeks is what we have been grinding to. And when I say grinding to, I mean, just, just repeating it over and over and over. Why? Because we don't despise repetitive, repetitive teaching. Uh, and it, it has to become so ingratiated in us that when something else shows up, it resonates as false. That's good. Uh, I don't That's have I, I spent so much time in this word about being complete in Christ that when something rises up that tries to show me that I'm not complete, it, it, it just resonates that it's so false. I give no time, no attention, no labor to it. Uh, and so that's really what we've been trying that's to lay really a foundation good. for so that we can talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is now that we are complete in Christ, now that we we carry uh, the, the power and the effectualness of the Holy Spirit within us. What do we do with it? I'm what complete. Do do with it? But now what do I do with what it? Do do? Now that I have this new identity, now that I know who I am, what do I do now? Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Listen. I love what you said um, when you said we want our completeness to be so real to us. We want it to be the most real thing so that when something tries to show up that says we aren't complete, we're like, oh, no, that's not true. 
let God be true and let every man be a liar. So even when my own thoughts are trying to tell me that I'm not complete, I should hear this word resonating saying, I am complete in Christ and he is the mirror and he reveals my original identity and we should be intentional about working to live from that place because that's a place of peace. Yeah, because when I was this week out, you know, we were both talking about what we were studying earlier, you know, and we were talking, we we're studying different things, not even what we're going to teach today. But, you know, one of the things that, that in my study time, I kept hearing Holy Spirit say is I there were certain things that come to my mind. And he was saying, you have to let them resonate as false. Mm. And I was like, what does mm. that mean? And the example he gave is like in, in, in our economic system, we know that we have one dollar bills. We have two dollar bills. We have $5 bills, we have $10 bills, we have $20 bills, we have $50 bills, we have $100 bills. There is a $500 bill, you don't get them a lot of in circulation, even a $10,000 bill. But there are no $3 bills. That's good. There are no $3 bills. I like it. Even if I haven't seen a $500 bill, except on the internet or a $10,000 bill, I know they're real. You do not see a $3 bill. He says, so you have to be so ingratiated in my truth that when something that is not my truth shows up, it resonates like someone giving you a $3 bill. Oh, that's good. Y'all ought to give God some praise for that. That's how we know it's settled in us that we would simply say, if you are an American, if yep. you are used to dealing with American currency, yep. if someone gave, if they said, hey, come here, I want to give you this $3 bill, you would be like, no, yeah. that's not real. It, it resonates immediately. That that's as being, not real. As being fake. So when the enemy tries to tell you that you're not whole, that you're not depressed, that you're depressed, that you can't lay hands on the sick and see them recover, that there's not enough money, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us: Let this repeat so many times that you go, no, that is not the truth. Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, is not the truth. It may be the facts that I'm dealing with, but it's not the truth. And now I'm going to use truth in order to change my facts. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, listen here, truth trumps facts. So I'm going to use the truth of God's word to change my life and see heaven released in the earth. Mm -hmm. That's really, 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 really good. Now, this is interesting because it's probably one of the first times in, in a long time that we are both studying something but what we're going to teach about today is not the thing that we're actually studying, the, the thing that we've been personally studying about, because um, we really felt like that when we were in this place of talking about being completeness, we needed to go ahead and take another step. So if you have the ability to stand up, go ahead and just take another step because we want to take another step. Today, we're going to be talking about let your light shine. Let your light shine. It's time for us to let our light shine. We spent all of this time. We, you know, we've accepted Jesus. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been talking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks about how we are complete in Christ. Now the question becomes, now what? Yeah. Now what? And what I want to do is I want to, I want to pray. And then once I pray, I want to just kind of set this up a little bit and then we're going to get into this teaching and we hope that this teaching is going to bless you. And we, we pray that you pull on this teaching today um, and we think that you'll be tremendously blessed by it. But we think the world will be blessed by you getting this teaching as well, because this is positioning us to do all the things that God has called us to do, the assignment that Jesus gave us 
before the found before the foundation when we were set in Genesis 1 and then what Jesus regave us when we were born again before he ascended back and so we want to do that all right mm -hmm. most gracious heavenly father lord we give you praise with much thanksgiving you're so gracious you're so kind you are such a good God mm -hmm. and you are worthy in every season and I want to thank you because you have already given us the victory and mm -hmm. I thank you for Holy Spirit for teaching us to live as a victorious people and I thank you for taking it even further that the victory is not just for the Strickland family not just for the Valleys not just for the Marlowe's not just for um, the different families that are represented here the Jackson family the McCoys it's not just for that but the victory is for the entire world and so as we prepare today you said that anytime we could see here and understand that we would be converted and healed. And so we thank you that there's going to be a conversion today, that we're going to step out of some limiting beliefs and step into truth and make the world a better place by letting our light shine in Jesus name. Jesus Amen. name. Amen. 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 Look, Amen. I want to go to Isaiah one. I want to go to, I mean, Isaiah 60. Um, it's one of my favorite passages of scriptures in the Amplified. It says, arise and let your light shine. We're going to look at it from the message translation. And so if you look at it, it's going to begin to give us some instruction about really this light that we have and letting this light shine. So let's go to um, verse one of that. Let's go to verse one. It says, get out of bed, Jerusalem, wake up, put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The entire earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk in deep darkness. Now, if you think about the world, if you think about the world, you can see. No, you can leave that, that verse up. If you think about the world, you we can see that we turn around and we can see darkness everywhere. Mm -hmm. Isaiah tells us, he says, listen here, but God rises on you. Tell your neighbor, say, but God rises on me. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. Now, anybody who knows this, you know that especially during the summertime, if you turn a porch light on, right, it's when it's dark outside, what's going to happen? All of the insects are going to begin to migrate to that light. Mm -hmm. The whole world is looking for light and it is important for us to turn the light on. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm really passionate about this because I need us to understand that the Christianity God has called us to, it is more than philosophy, yep. it is more than theology, and it is more than just being a good moral person. Mm -hmm. We know good moral people who do not know Jesus. Like, being a person of integrity should just be a given. Being an honest person, being a kind person, that should just be a given. It reminds me of in Romans 12, where it says to present your body because it's your reasonable service. Being a person of integrity, being a kind person, doing your work with excellence, that's just basic. That is not what Jesus was calling us to. That's just basic humanity and how human beings should act. But it tells us, it says that the world is surrounded in darkness. But what do we do when the world is surrounded in darkness? Now, if you go back to Genesis 1, in Genesis 1, it says that God looked out and the earth was dark and void without form. Did he say, dang, it's dark out here? Oh, my God, it's so dark. I don't know what we go do. What did he say? He said, let there be light. 
Now in Isaiah 60, Isaiah 60 is saying, listen, the light has risen up on you. Pull up the next um, verse. He says, it says, look up, look around, watch as they gather, watch as they approach you. Your sons are coming from the distance. Your daughters carry by their nannies. Your heart will swell and burst. All of these people returning by sea for the reunion and the harvest of exiles in the nation. So we get to see God's heart in this, right? That no matter where people are located in the world, no matter what's going on with them, no matter what kind of belief system he that they have, he wants us to turn the light on so that they can see their way home. Amen. Amen. And then it says, and then streams of camel caravans, as far as the eye can see, Young camels of nomads in the Midian and Ephraim pouring in from the sea from Sheba loaded with gold and frankincense. Now, preach, preaching the praises of God. And yes, a great roundup of flocks from the nomads in Kedar and Naoboth. Welcome gifts for worship at my altar as I bathe my glorious temple in splendor. Basically, God says, I want to use my people. I want to partner with my people as an example of that of so much light that everybody who belongs to me begins to migrate home to the light. Now, if it's not just about being a good, nice person, because we can find good, nice people in every what, wherever, whatever people believe, whatever their religion is, whatever their lack of religion is, then what is God inviting us to, right? It says Christ mirrors our wholeness. We went over that scripture over and over again in Colossians, right? And he uh, endorses our true identity. Um, Jesus is perfect theology. So if we want to study God, all we have to do is look at Jesus. But if we want to study ourselves, all we have to do is look at Jesus, Jesus is our example, guys. And everywhere Jesus went, he carried the presence of God. And everywhere he carried the presence of God, there was transformation. The purpose of turning our light up is so that we bring transformation into dark areas. One of the things that I always see about you, babe, when you work at a job, listen, you're a tremendous, Anybody who knows you knows that you're an incredibly hard worker. You're very committed to excellence. But one of the things that I love to see that I have especially gotten to see since you work from home is the times where literally something happens and someone is in a place of distress, whether they're in distress about the work or something personal. And the way you allow the Holy Spirit to minister through you to them without saying I'm preaching to you in the name of Jesus in a way that brings peace and calm. That is the kind of transformation that God is talking about. That whether you're an architect, whether you're in education, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you stay at home with your kids, that literally we should be so aware of the presence that God can use us, partner with us in any situation to bring peace, to break torment, and to release healing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And so we look at Jesus and what did Jesus do? He, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out devils and he destroyed the work of the devil. 
And when he ascended back to the right hand, he told us in Luke 19 to occupy until he comes. This parable is about a, 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 an owner who is going away to a far country and he gives his servants and delivers 10 pounds to them. And he says, occupy until I come. Keep doing kingdom business until I come back. We need to understand that the role of the church is not to hide. The role of the church is not to sit back and complain. The role of the church is to occupy until Jesus comes. That means we are to do the works that Jesus does. Now, I say this because I did not grow up in a healing ministry. I did not grow up in a ministry where the supernatural was a part of what we did. And maybe you didn't either. And if you didn't, this is what I want to say to you. I do not care how poorly we how poorly we have done the Great Commission, we don't have the right to change the assignment. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we aren't proficient at praying for people. I don't care if we aren't sure about what to say. We don't have the right to change the assignment. The Holy Spirit is in us to teach us to do the seemingly impossible. With him, we can do the seemingly impossible. And I want you to think about this. When you show up, not just with the Holy Spirit, but aware of the Holy Spirit, because if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he's always with you. And um, I think about it like this. The Holy Spirit is in us for us. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is on us for the world. He's in us for us. We need him in us. We need him saying, go this direction. Don't say this. Don't do this. But he is on us for the world. So the Holy Spirit is in us, but the Holy Spirit also wants to rest on us. Are you making yourself available for the Holy Spirit to rest on you so that no matter where you are, what you are doing, you are aware that Jesus wants to partner with you to release impossibilities into the earth, Amen. right? So I want you to think about this. We change the odds. What do I mean? When we show up with the Holy Spirit, not just in us, but the Holy Spirit on us, we walk into hospital rooms and we change the odds. We walk into companies and we change the odds. We take children that they said could not learn and we change the odds. We change the odds when we are aware of the Holy Spirit on us. And we need more believers to arise and begin to change the odds. We look at the world and we go, oh, there's a problem over here. Oh, there's a problem over here. And I'm saying to you, we are equipped with the Holy Spirit to change the odds. Say, I'm an odd changer. I'm an odd changer. We need to begin to understand that whether we work in corporate, whether we're entrepreneurs, whether we're retired, that God wants to partner with us. He wants to rest on us so that we can go into a place and he can hear us say, listen, I need you to buy this person's groceries today. Listen, somebody in here needs prayer. I need you to hang out till I show you who needs prayer. He wants us to even be able to know what to post on our social media so that we know. I remember during the heat of the pandemic, you would post these jokes that would make everybody laugh. And so many times people would send you a message and they would say to you, I was feeling so down today. 
Thank you for posting that joke. It made me laugh because laughter is medicine to the soul, right? We are odd changers and we have to come out of hiding and we have to move to the world just being about us and all the good things God will do for us because he's definitely doing good things for us. And we want to become aware of his presence on us so we can change the world. Amen. 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 So today we're starting a series and it's designed to steer you into becoming a person who takes light every single where you go. The high point of our experience should not be that we have done things that could be done without God. The high point of our testimony should not be that we have accomplished things that anybody could accomplish. We need to begin to go after the impossible. We need to begin to be intentional about going after these things that seem to be impossible so we can release the light of God into those situations. Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. So if we want people to know how great our God is, we got to go beyond just being good people. And we have to be carriers of the presence of God. The gospel is not an inferior message. It is not a competition between religion. It is that our God came to earth to redeem us and wants everything and everyone redeemed. And now because we are complete, we get to partner with that. How amazing is that? Now, I'll be honest, if you didn't grow up knowing about the supernatural, it may seem a little scary to you. I was laughing about this the other day that when I first went to your church, you grew up your um your pastor um, at the time, Superintendent Frank Anderson, now Bishop Frank Anderson in the Church of God in Christ. He had a healing ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I first went to your church, I was like, I don't even understand what this is because I had grown up in a it don't take all of this kind of mentality and nobody gets healed. And if you're sick, it's the will of God. But as I sat there, I think we were there for about two years. As I sat there, I got to see over and over again that people got healed and it began to change change my experience. And I was thinking about how the very first time you ever took me there, we weren't married yet. We were just engaged. The very first time you took me there and he had that healing pool. And this is so funny now, but I would not go through the healing pool. I was like, I am not walking through that pool. I don't know what they doing over there in that water. I'm not going to be any part of it. And I just remember thinking, if you ever get me out of this church right here, I am never coming back to this church again. And then we came back and we lived there. And by the time we got to the end of it, I was helping with the healing pool. I was drying people feet out if they came out. Because here's the thing, what Elder Anderson exposed me to was that the supernatural should be natural in our lives, that we should put a demand. The thing he is, the first time I ever saw anybody come in sick and leave well. Mm. I, did, I didn't know, I had read about it in the Bible, but I did not know about it as a real thing until I sat under that ministry, right? And it absolutely changed my life. And over the years, it's just provoked more and more hunger for me about the supernatural. Now, you started going there as a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So just from the time you went there, healing was just what y'all did? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because uh, people who grew up, 
even within the denomination Church of God in Christ, they all had different experiences based on the Church of God in Christ they actually grew up in. Right. Uh, now, you know, the manifestation of the gifts was kind of universal in the Church of God in Christ. It was it was an expectation uh, that people prayed in the Holy Spirit, or they call it praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. It was an expectation uh, that that healing should be taking place. It was an expectation that that things that could not be explained should be happening. Now, I will tell you that a lot of times that seemed to be reserved for inside of the service. And I think the thing that, that I'm learning more and more and more is that it's not just designed to be in the service. Right. It's designed to be everywhere we everywhere go. Everywhere we go. But one of the things that, you know, being a teenager, a young kid growing up in the ministry with, with Bishop Anderson is that it almost became like when people would talk about supernatural things, they became very natural. And so it's not that it's and I think in, in in hindsight, it ought to be that way. It really ought to be like no big deal that someone came into service and they couldn't walk and they left and they could walk. It if someone be could if deal. someone had a breathing issue and they left church and they could breathe just fine. And and not even just church, it just should be that they see I even went back to the to the church thing, but it should be that they encounter you. That they when they encounter you, they couldn't walk and now they can. When they encounter you, they couldn't breathe. Now they can. When they encounter you, they were missing a limb and now they're not. And see, when That's you start good. talking like Come that, on. now you start getting people like, "Whoa, hold on now, Pastor. I believe you pray for people with headaches, but but limbs growing back." Well, absolutely right because in this because with God, it's all natural. It's all natural. <laughs> it's all natural. It's, it's all super natural. to us, but it's all natural with God. And I would say that. When we're operating in our completeness, it should be natural for us. Mm -hmm. Now, we recognize the super component of it, right. but it should be natural for us. Healing should be natural for us. Torment being broken off of people should be natural for us. It should just be the way that we live. Think about it. Jesus was walking, minding his own business, and a funeral procession went by. And just because of who he was, the dead boy got up. He didn't touch him. He didn't pray. He just happened to be in the same vicinity and light shined so bright that it broke darkness and, and, and broke the, the grip of death off the boy and interrupted the funeral service. No, and this is beautiful because we see in the book of Acts that that didn't just happen for Jesus. Right. Peter, on his way to the temple, they would lay yep. the people out and his shadow would hit yep. them and they would get up. And I believe I don't and those have to not just be Bible stories for us. We have to we have to go across the bridge of them being Bible stories to those being an expectation for us in our lives as well. And we have to not be afraid of it, because if you're afraid of it, you won't manifest those things that you're afraid of. And, and, and you have to give people grace, because if people if this is the first time you tuning into this broadcast and you happen to tune in right when you heard me talk about somebody's leg growing out, you like up oh, click. I'm out of here. You know, and so you have to give people some grace to grow into it. Uh, it starts by, number one, understanding we're completing Christ. Christ mirrors that for us. If Christ was able to do this and then Christ says greater work shall we do, then the expectation was that we would at least do what, he, what we read about him doing. No, I love that. That, he, would, that would be at least what we Because should. we got to get to the at least to get to the greater right. works. We right. got to get to the at least. And I believe we have to put a demand on it. But I'll tell you this. So we go to your church and um, to, to um, Bishop Anderson's church. Right. And I know that Bishop Anderson is a healer. Right. But I still don't know we can all do this, right? When we first started our church, I don't know if you remember this story. This, I didn't even know you could do this thing right here, okay? 
This girl comes up at the end of service. She asks you to pray for her friend who has meningitis. Her friend's child had meningitis. What's her friend's child? It, I, I specifically I, remember it was a child because they thought the child was going to die. Her friend came. The girl who had the baby, she, she didn't come. Her friend came. And her friend was like, I need you to pray for my, for my friend's child. He had spinal meningitis. And I remember the confidence that you were sitting at. And I was like thinking... I think you don't bit off more than you can shoot. It was interesting, though, in that particular time, the reason I had such confidence to pray for that child who had spinal meningitis who I didn't see, I had seen Elder Anderson do it before. So he had prayed for a similar situation, similar disease, and it worked. And I was like, hey, if that's, if that's my pastor, he did it, then I can do it. So I need everybody to understand this. Testimonies are invitations for you to do it too. Mm -hmm. So I think that what happens sometimes is that we go, oh, we saw Elder Anderson do it. Now we got to call him to get it done. Mm -hmm. But what you said, no, is that if we've seen Elder Anderson do it, we know it can be done. And so we're willing to step out in faith. But listen, I got to tell you, I was so nervous. I understand. I was, oh, I was so nervous. And she came back. What was it? Two weeks later? Two or three weeks later. Two or three weeks later. And she said, he is healed. They had said that he was going to die yeah. and he is healed. You change the odds by your willingness to allow heaven to be released. Yeah. Now, sometimes people don't do this because we are afraid of what happens if nothing happens. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. Sometimes. I can't. But again, I grew up here. The answer says, "My job to pray and believe is God's job to heal." So he that all that that statement from him always took all the responsibility. Not not saying I don't have responsibility to play, but I mean I'm not God. I'm not a healer. My job is to pray and believe. I can control what I can do, and if I do what I'm supposed to do, the rest of it is up to God. And I believe God will do what He said He would do because God is not a man that He shall lie. Go to some of the men repent for anything. So Jesus is not Jesus is not Jesus and God, they're, they're not gonna lie about, about being able to heal. So if I believe and I pray, then I let God do the rest. No, it's so good. And we're carriers of the presence. Now, for me, we grew up very differently. So yeah. I had these experiences where supernatural things would be happening for me, and I would be freaking out. Like I would be freaking out. And one of my favorite memories, you probably don't even remember this, but I remember after we had been with Elder Anderson Mim for about a year, we had come back to St. James with Reverend Hawkins mm -hmm. and he had asked us, not just us, but he had asked the married ministers to come up and pray for people, right? I grew up in a staunch Baptist church. Baby, we didn't have none of that laying on our hands. We ain't had no falling out. We ain't had none of that stuff in our church. And I laid hands on somebody just to pray for them, right? And they fell out. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot be out here in these streets and these people falling down. And I'm literally praying for people. They're falling down. You're praying for people and they're falling down. You are unbothered. I'm praying for people going, I cannot keep praying for these people if they go keep falling down because everybody is going to think that I am pushing them down. Now, where did I get that from? I got that from because when I was growing up, that's what they said. They said that preachers, when they laid hands on people, they push people down, right? And so I can remember that I wasn't- I used to love when people would say that when I was 16 or 17, they would say that and I'd invite them to my church. 
and have them go up there and get prayed for. <laughs> it's probably for the wrong reason. But I, I think used to, I used to love that. when they would go up there and and, and 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 talk about how it was fake and how he was pushing them down, and no one would even touch them, and and they would be out on the floor. 30 minutes crying and weeping and crying to God, and I was pettier than, than I am now. <laughs> what? There is a petty I, than you are uh -huh. now? Oh, my and God. I, and listen, when they get up, I'll be like, mm, you thought it, thought it was fake, didn't you? That anointing hit you. <laughs> and it's nothing to be afraid of, but I think that people assume, they, they, they assume that, 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 that it's fake. But here's the thing. You got to think about it. If if and, and we're only getting a, a, a micro uh, piece of God's anointing when that happens to us. I mean, think about it. You, look at what it did. Who was, was it? Was it Moses's face that got lit up? And, and, and the people went in come people, near it. Because, it was, because he just caught a glimpse of the backside of the glory of God. And so to me, I don't know. I mean, I get it. People grew up in different situations. They grew up in different churches, believe different things. But, you know, uh, Folks cry when they see Beyonce. You, you mean to tell me you ain't gonna fall out when you see God? <laughs> and if you think about it, it's the, you think about the way people literally still break down over Michael Jackson, yeah, still break down over Prince, right. and literally when it's God, it's too much. Right. How is it too much? And somebody said early in the corner, people, I mean, in the comments, people do push people down. I want to say this, put this in the comments, so what? If you go and read Smith Wigglesworth's testimonies, at least three times he brought somebody back from the dead by picking them up and throwing them into the wall. Here's the thing, and I don't, I don't mean to be rude about it or anything. In every profession, in every walk of life, somebody does something wrong in it. Does that make the entire profession wrong? There, you can't think of a profession. You can't think. You can't think of a job, a skill, a trait, or anything where someone in that profession does something that's not right. Teach back. Does it make the entire profession? No, it doesn't. So if you're going to spend your time focusing on the one or two or hundred people who do it wrong, but not the thousands who get it right, then you are bound to only live at that level because that's what you focus on. There are doctors who've abused people. Do you stop going to the doctors? There are police who have who have done things that are wrong. But if you get somebody break into your house today, what you gonna do? You calling the police. I'm simply saying we have to get, we have to become more wise than to focus on the few who do it wrong rather than the concept itself. That's good, babe. I mean, I don't know what else to tell people that. That's good. You're so wise. There's abuse in every profession. You're so wise. If you go to the skating rink, there's somebody who don't give you the right skates. <laughs> I mean, it's some, it's somebody who don't do something right. But does that mean you stop going to the skating rink forever? No. So, yes, there are people who push people down. I've been in service before where I saw literally a preacher take a Bible and slap people with the Bible. Let me parenthetically insert. I got out of that line. <laughs> but I have seen people do it. But that doesn't mean that I don't ever go get prayed for, though, when it's time. <laughs> I just want to say, though, I want to say this. I got up out that line. I want to say this. I got about the line, too, but some people do need to be slapped with the Bible. I just want to <laughs> say that. I want to say they do need to be slapped. Because yeah. remember, we saw that man who had the Bible, and he asked those people, he said, do you want to eat the word? And they said, yes. Yeah. So we he shook the Bible, Bible in his mouth. Right? I'm like, my goodness. 
But that does that mean that every preacher who is praying for people is wrong? No, it doesn't. Now, let me go further. Does that mean because we wouldn't do it that he was wrong and God didn't Not tell him to do no. it? And that's also part of the humility yeah. we need to have that just because you wouldn't do it, just because you don't have revelation of it. And I go back to Smith Wigglesworth. If you read his stories, oh, he was picking people up, throwing them into the wall, bringing them back from the dead. He was, I mean, really, but it's like literally, if that was your mother that was dead and he pick her up and throw her into the wall and life come back into her. Are you glad about it? Yeah. I, and I think that we have to, the one thing I have learned is that if you're going to live in a supernatural realm, you cannot try to bring God down to the natural. Right. And it cannot be everything I wouldn't do it, so it can't be God. Yeah. Right? Trinika says slapping with the Bible might just get rid of the spirit of stupid. It, it, just, might. it just might. It just wasn't for me that it night. It just wasn't for me that and, night. And so, right? And I'm not saying he was wrong but for doing But we it. didn't say, and that's the thing, that's we right. did not say he was wrong nope. for doing it. I just it. said I got out the I just thought he was hitting so hard that it was more than I was going to. So I got out the line. But there were people who got right through that, Absolutely. right? And so I think it's so important that we have some humility and we have to be willing to understand that God will offend our theology to get us to the next level. Amen. And are you hungry enough? for something else that you're willing to allow God to teach you something else. Because if your God can only do what you can do, you have become the God and that's too small for the world's problems. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we've been growing and we've been growing um, and developing in the supernatural. We've seen so many supernatural encounters and we're going to talk about some of them today and they're not all going to be healing, but at the end, we're going to pray for people who need healing and we're going to teach you how to take what it is that you need, right? And so, Again, I want to say this. My personal conviction is, I believe it's your conviction too, that no matter how poorly we may think we are at the supernatural, we don't have the right to change the assignment. Yeah. We don't have the right to abandon it. We don't have the right to exalt something higher than God has made it. That is the commission. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, break up the torment of the enemy, right? Amen. So one of the things we're going to talk about, we're really just going to talk about three things today that we really want you um, to get in uh, this awareness of, right? The first one is de practice developing your awareness of his presence. Mm -hmm. Practice developing your awareness of his presence. We're going to look at Mark, um, the fifth chapter, I believe it is, um, the, the 25th through the 31st verse, right? It says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for, she said, if I may, but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned into and about the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and thou sayest, who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. 
But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing all that was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy play. Mm -hmm. Now, typically when we teach this story, we focus on the woman. We focus on the woman whose faith was just like, if I can just touch him, I can be made whole. But in this instance, I really want us to look at what Jesus shows us. Jesus is in a multitude of people, but he is so aware of the presence resting on him that he becomes aware when someone has contacted with the presence, mm -hmm. right? We want to practice developing awareness of his presence. Now, practically, I can tell you what I do in a practical way. When I go into the store, neighborhood market, Target, a restaurant, I, I do this thing in my mind where I consciously become aware that the presence is on me because even if I'm just going to get something to eat or to pick up some milk, I don't want to miss a moment to display his presence, right? So Jesus spends so much time with the Holy Spirit, not just in him, but aware of him on him that he can recognize when someone is pulling and someone is making a demand. We want to get trained to do that for a number of reasons. One, people need help. We want to get trained to do it because if we do it, it keeps us from being exhausted. We're meaning we're not just out here thinking that at every moment we can save the entire world. We become aware of the person who is ready, who is pulling, who is pushing a demand for that um, right now, right? So we want to know that when the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us, he's in us for us. He is on us for others, right? We want to practice being aware of him on us. So I think one of the key things you said, though, and, and I've noticed it in my own life, is you said that you are conscious of the anointing being on you, right? Because the anointing is on you for others. When I, when I am conscious, and I, when I say conscious, it means I'm, I'm, I'm making an effort to think about it. If I decide that, okay, today is Saturday and I'm going to bless someone today, I am being conscious of that. There has never been a time where I've been conscious that I'm going to bless someone and I haven't found the individual God wanted me to bless. That's good. But there have been many times where I wake up on a Saturday and I'm not conscious. I'm not thinking about I'm going to bless someone today and I could go throughout the whole day. And even though I may have had opportunities, I didn't necessarily see them as opportunities because I was so busy and focused on something else. I think the key is being conscious that the anointing is on us always. Always. Yes. It's being conscious. That's really good. Now, that leads me to a question that I was going to ask you that you don't, you don't know I'm going to ask you. So I've noticed that like, Sometimes, especially when it deals with Facebook, I've had I've seen some amazing miracles on Facebook and it really it starts because I get this unction to post about something that wasn't present in my mind. The other night at 11 o'clock, you if you know me, you know, I go live. You know, I don't go live at night like 1130 on Friday night. I don't even know if you know because you were asleep. I was asleep. You were asleep. 
the Lord was like, I want you to pray for women who have fibroids, who have heavy cramps and who have heavy menstrual cycles. So I got on there and I prayed and this lady immediately received her healing. And I think I've also had to learn. And I say this for people who, again, you may not have grown up in a supernatural environment. So you didn't know this. Like one of the things I've learned in how God deals with me is that one of the ways that I will know that God wants to heal a certain thing is I will begin to feel fire or tingling in that area. Now, I wanted to ask you this. When you're praying for healing, not maybe not every time, do you ever feel it in your body? Do you know or you just is it just always I'm doing this by faith? So typically for me, if I'm praying for someone to be healed, I actually see it. You see, I actually see them healed or I see a vision of the thing I'm praying for. Like if I'm praying for someone uh, who has high blood pressure, which I did the other day, I literally see like like a blood pressure levels leveling out is I get this this. I don't know, for lack of a better term, it's like you're dreaming. Right. So I, I see it. And then that's what I and then it, it becomes like the thing that I pray toward. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but I don't, I don't get the tinglies and the, and the, and the other things that people get, the, the feelings and those kind of things. Um, I think it's cool that people do that. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it like that. You know, it's a, it's a, for me, a lot of times it's almost a knowing. And then because I have such a knowing about a thing then I pray with a, with a level of confidence because it's like, it's like if someone asked, if someone said, I'm gonna give you a billion dollars, you can tell me what two times two is. It's like, oh, I got this billion dollars because I know the answers for it, right? So it's like, I, there are times that I pray and if I see it, I have this level of knowing that gives me a confidence that, that, that I, I pray with this different level of confidence. Listen, y'all, I have to ask him these questions. I have to ask him these questions on live in front of everybody so he'll give me serious answers because at home he won't be giving me these answers. But here's the thing I want you to see. So what he's saying is that, number one, because you need to know how God moves because the supernatural has a language, okay? So he says, I see. He says, I see it on a vision. I know. I feel. I have heard people say they can smell sickness, that the way that they know how to pray for somebody is they can smell sickness, right? And here's what I want to tell you. I believe that one of the things we have to do in the body of Christ is get comfortable practicing. Everybody put practice in the comments. You have to get comfortable practicing. You have to practice recognizing the Holy Spirit. You have to practice being willing to go for it. You have to practice. And the purpose of practice is to learn. Mm -hmm. It is to learn to walk in sync with him. The supernatural has a language. It says we will dream dreams. We will see visions and we have to practice and we get proficient in the practice. Now, this is what I think about Pastor Edwin. I think that Pastor Edwin, because he grew up in such a supernatural environment, that there are things for him that are so natural. We've been married almost 28 years. You have never, ever told me when I have asked you about praying for healing that you can actually see. You've never told me that. Mm -hmm. I've asked you this question lots of times. That you can see. I can see somebody's blood pressure regulating. I can see somebody being healed. Well, I don't, actually, I don't actually see the person, if that's what you mean. But like, you saw the blood pressure thing, right? Like, like, like in my mind, like a blood pressure machine, right? If I'm praying for someone with, with high blood pressure, 
I can see like a blood pressure machine leveling, leveling off to the right levels. I get a picture of that and then I pray for the individual. I don't necessarily see individuals, if that's what you mean. No, but you oh. can see. I don't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. and, and I think that this is important because I think one of the reasons that I try to explain what's happening for me is that I came from such a different background than you did. So I want people to know, hey, you're not necessarily crazy because you see a vision. You're not that somebody put in the comments, I can see someone's face. I get a word about a situation. You need to know that that doesn't make you crazy. You just need to know what to do with that when that happens. That's really what I'm saying. Okay. You see how I do me, y'all? All right. So we have seen so many healings because we were willing to take a risk. Put in the comments, take a risk. Take a risk. Take a risk. You have to be willing to take a risk. Now, I owe you guys to tell you this. Sometimes when I go in the store, the Lord has me to pray for people. And I have been very good at doing it. But there have been a couple of times where the Lord has had me to pray some, pray for something. And I punked out. I want y'all to know that. Because I don't want you to feel like a failure if you do. Like sometimes I've gone in the store and the, the case just looked so big. And I just went, you got to give me another chance. I pray for them over here. I stretch my hand while they're in the meat section. And I'm over here with the cheese. But I just can't walk up well, to them. But, but that's, all I, that's all I meant when I said we have to give people grace. Uh, I think sometimes we don't give ourselves grace and I'll, sometimes we don't give other people grace. You know, there's not a, I don't know many people who can be honest with you and tell you that there hasn't been a time that God asked him to do something and they may not have done it that first time he asked um, because it can be overwhelming. Now, there may be some people who say, oh, every time God ever asked me to do something, I did it. Well, praise God for you. That's not my testimony. There are times, you know, I'm somewhere uh, and, and the Lord has asked me to do something and the situation looked so irregular uh, or so bleak. I was like, mm, I don't even know if that was God or if that was me. So, so God, if it's you, give me another opportunity. Give me another opportunity. But this right? one, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not moving forward on this one. And, and God doesn't, you know, exile us to hell because of that. What he does, though, is he gives us those opportunities again. And then the more you do it, the more comfortable you, be, you become in doing it. And that's why I say we got to give people grace. So if you've never walked up to a stranger and said, hey, the Lord told me to pray for you, not just because you want to do it, but because the, the, the Holy Spirit the is really the Holy you Ghost. Yes. to pray for that particular individual, for that particular person, uh, it can be overwhelming, you know, uh, and, and you may get turned down. You absolutely may get turned down. That don't mean God didn't tell you to do it. That's right. But you may absolutely get turned down. But you have to you have to learn to have have grace about it and uh, and, and not let not not let not let that uh, fear of being turned down or, or or spoken to in a different kind of way uh, turn you off. Amen. All right. So then our second our first one is about learning how to practice His presence. Yeah. The second one is what? The second one is that you got to learn how to follow the leader. You got to learn how to follow the leader. And the leader in this case uh, is Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 5, uh, chapter 10 in the New Living Translation, it says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. He says, the son can do nothing by himself. He says, he does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So in essence, it's that whole idea of, if we're connected to Jesus and Jesus is connected to the Father, then whatever the Father does is what Jesus does, and whatever Jesus does is what we do. And so you have to look at the life of Jesus and say, okay, what did Jesus do? Jesus was always following the unction of his Father. 
the places that he went to, the people that he visited, the miracles that he performed, they were always at the unction of his father. You know, one That's of the so one good. of one of the things we talk about when we talk about how Jesus took the um, the fish and the bread, right? And he, it, the Bible says that when he took it, what did he do? The first thing he did is he looked up to his father. And what did he do? He said he gave thanks, right? That was that was literally him getting permission to do this thing he was about to do, which was to multiply in front of all of these people. Everybody knew how much was there. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus got that from the truck. No, they knew what he had, That's right? Good. And so he begins to multiply this bread and this, and this fish, uh, and the remnants was so much that by the time they finished, the little boy had multitudes left, right? He had all this food left. Well, what did Jesus do? He did what the Father told him to do. So if we're going to let our light shine, we got to learn to do the same thing. We got to learn to follow the leader. You know, one of the stories you asked me to share uh, today was the story of um, the time that I was headed down to, I think it was Little Rock or wherever we were Conway, going, to Conway. Conway. Uh, you had left before me. Uh, I had something I was doing. I don't even remember what it was, but I, I ended up having to leave after you did. Um, and before I got ready to leave, uh, you know, I always like to stop at this particular um, pilot. I think it was uh, uh, down in, was it Russellville? Russellville. It was in Russellville. And uh, this particular time on the way down there, I literally heard the Lord say, don't go to that gas station, go to the other one. And I was like, ah, nah, you know, I, I, I go to this one because <laughs> X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and so I'm driving and the Lord says again, hey, don't go to that gas station. I need you to go to this one because I got an assignment for you. And I'm like, yo, I don't really want to go to that gas station because that one take too long. The other one got better snacks. And I need to get on down the Conway. And so, and I'm just being honest. That's the conversation I was having. I'm driving, I get closer, and I hear more sternly, don't go to that gas station. Go to the other one. And at this point, I'm like, okay, now, I don't know why. In my mind, I'm thinking somebody going to be robbing <laughs> somebody at this other gas station. I'm just being honest. You told me to tell the story. So I'm like, they're going to be robbing somebody at this other gas station. The Lord trying to make sure I don't get shot. So let me go on over here to this other gas station. He's like, no, I got an assignment for you. He said, there's going to be a man who's going to need you at this gas station. And I need you to give him some gas. And I was like, oh, well, oh, okay. I can, I mean, cool. I can do that. So I go to the gas station. I'm getting my gas. And in my mind, you know, I'm looking for somebody with a, almost with a sign that says need gas. Cause I'm like, how am I going to know who this person is? And so I ended up pumping my gas and, and literally I'm kind of just waiting almost. I clean my windows and I'm waiting <clears throat> and I'm like, everybody paying for their gas. And, 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 you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And this guy comes up and he, I think he, I don't know if he even asked me for gas at first or if he asked me, you know, which direction I was going to something. I said, oh, I'm going down, go, I'm, I'm going this way. He was like, oh, okay. And I was like, what's up or whatever. Anyway, long story short, he worked, I think, on an oil rig, like in, like off the uh, coast of Louisiana somewhere. There was a storm coming and they had to evacuate them. But before they evacuated them, they didn't get their paychecks. He was going back, I think it was either to Kansas City, Kansas Missouri, City. or Kansas City, Kansas, somewhere. Kansas, he was going Missouri. to Kansas City somewhere. And he didn't, he didn't have enough money to get gas back home. I think his wife may have been in the hospital or something. His son was about his to son, have surgery. His son was about to have surgery. So he was going back home. And uh, and basically he was like the he's like he didn't know what to do, but the Lord told him that if he would just drive as far as he could, 
that, that he would he would he would supply him with what he needs. And so I don't know the whole story. I mean, I, I you know I don't keep details all like that, but I, I gave the guy the gas. I remember giving him the gas and how excited he was. And I remember how excited I was because it was like, yo, I really heard God about this. This guy needed to get home to his wife and kid, and and God used me to be be a part of that, you know. And so for me, it was exciting. But there will be many many opportunities that people have like that, and I think sometimes we dismiss them. We just, it's like, oh, I'm just, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm just overthinking it. It's not that big a deal. Or God to say, go to this particular store. You're like, no, but they have a sale over here. So I'm going to go over here. And you don't think anything about it, but then you miss out on what it was that God was trying to do by being obedient to, to what I call the small things. You know, I don't know. You may want to say more about that. No, I think that's, I think that's really good. I think another one that you could talk about in following the leader is the scholarship fund. That's another, because oh, yeah. I want us okay. to know that it's not always that we're going to lay hands on the sick. We're breaking the torment of the enemy. Right. That is to destroy the works of the enemy. Even your, even, even how God gave you the scholarship, it was follow the leader, yeah. right? You yeah. want to talk about that? Sure. I mean, it was, it was, we were having uh, someone in our ministry who was getting ready to graduate high school. We didn't have a building. We didn't have a building. We, we were meeting we, at a hotel. We were meeting at a hotel. And the Lord we said, really I, wanted a building. We really wanted a building. We were looking for one. And the Lord was like, hey, um, I need you to give a scholarship. I was like, okay, cool. He said, I want you to give $10,000. I was like, whoa, wait. <laughs> $10,000 to a scholarship? I'm like, we, we don't have a building that we're meeting in. What do, you, what do you mean? How do you want me to do that? And so I prayed about it. And he was like, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to give it. He said, and when you give it, he said, when it's time for you to honor it, I'll provide the resources. Uh, I came to you and I talked to you about it. And I said, hey, what do you think? Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think that's God? And he was like, nope, that's God. I know that's God because we ain't got $10,000 to give no scholarship. So I know that's God. <laughs> and he was like, all right, so let's go with it. And so uh, we got together and uh, talked to a couple other people in ministry, told them what we was going to do. And, um, when and as far as our faith would go, we, we printed and, a check. And as far as our faith would go, we got one of them big uh, scholarship checks printed. And that was as far as our faith would go. And we we told her on that Sunday that we were going to give her $10,000 to go to school. And then all she needed to do was to maintain a 3.0. And in each semester, we give her $1,250 for eight semesters, a total of $10,000. Um, and literally, that's that, that's how it's, it, it started. And then what God started doing was bringing other people along who were not even a part of the ministry, but cared about what we cared about, which is helping kids go to college. And I can tell you that over the years, you know, we're, we're now over a hundred thousand dollars into scholarships that we've given out. Uh, over a hundred six figures, over a hundred thousand dollars. Give God some praise over for that. Over a hundred thousand dollars that we've given to scholarships to kids to go to school, and and have honored every single one of them. And not one time, not one single time, have we ever not had the resources to honor those scholarships because God. First of all, with people of integrity, with God finances. But second, but secondly, or most importantly, maybe is that God has always shown up. He's always shown up and we've done what we're supposed to. And so we'll be honoring more kids this year. And so in July, we're going to do our we'll, when um, we're going to do our fundraiser. Yeah. And it's so amazing because literally people give to the scholarship fund from all over the world. Right. But you were willing to follow the leader. We and got big. We got you no know, last year. We had three businesses who each did a full scholarship. They each that was three full scholarships. 
you know, and 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 praise this year God. my business is doing a full scholarship. Amen. Praise God for that. You know, there were some other people who committed the 2020, the 2022, 2023 school year that they would do a full scholarship. And we know whatever it is, we know that God's gonna always make it be enough. <sighs> Yeah. No, I, and is this blessing y'all? Because we want you to understand we are called to make a difference and I want us to move beyond. Do I want us to be good people? Yes. Do I want us to not be people who out cussing people out in the grocery store? Yes. <laughs> I want us to be all of that. I also want us to be people who are able to hear God say, lay hands on the sick, give a scholarship, Feed a family, give an encouraging word because we realize we change the odds. You know, it's funny. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily super. Well, it is supernatural if you think about it, because during the pandemic, there were times where the Lord supernaturally told us where to go get uh, uh, toilet paper or to go get it paper towel, you know, and other people was like, oh, I can't find it. And the Lord would be like, hey, at 11 o'clock, go to Dollar General. And we go at 11 o'clock and they got a truck offloading for all the stuff. I mean, every time we needed something, he was supernaturally telling us where to go get it from. The supernatural should be natural in the life of a believer. Amen. The supernatural. Come on, put that in the comments. I need your face there. The supernatural should be natural in the life of a believer, mm -hmm. you should let me tell you something. One of the reasons I believe in God, this is gonna help somebody who's believing about a vacation. One of the reasons that I believe that God wants us to take vacations is because He loves us. Mm -hmm. I also believe that God wants us to take vacations at certain places at some certain times because He has people that need an encounter. Amen. When we go on vacation, we rarely tell anybody we're preachers, right? right? But everywhere we go, we are looking to overwhelm people with his goodness. We are looking to. We have gotten so many opportunities to minister to people because we want to know. We don't. We, listen, it's not that we don't. We just want to go to a beach. We want to know which beach you want us at, what month, what time, because there are going to be divine encounters. And when we went to Miami, I love this. This is one of our new stories. We went to Miami and we were sitting on the beach. You had met me in Miami. And this guy who's not a Christian walks up, right? And you can tell that this guy is getting his information. You can tell his information is accurate. He comes up, he gives us these very clear words, except he doesn't know Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to him about Jesus, right? And so he walks away and another lady walks up and this lady over to the side, she says, what is it about you guys that everybody keeps having to talk to you? And you say, it is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh my God, I knew it. And she's a pastor and we end up having mm -hmm. this exchange. We end up praying for the people on the beach and all of that different stuff. And we go back to having our regular time at the beach. See, I want you to be a person that if you go out to dinner, God can interrupt the dinner. Like, do you guys remember this time? Chris, you may remember this. If the Marlowe's was here, they will remember this. We went to um, eat at the Purple Cow in Conway. 
And this was before we had become so intentional that every time we went out as a group, we was really go bless the waitress, right? But somebody at the table was like, we really got to bless her. I think she needs money. I do do you remember that? I, I think she I needs money. And we ended up giving her like $300. And she came back to the table and she was crying. She was in her last semester of school and she didn't know how she was going to pay for her books. And that $300 paid for her books. This should, we should be known for this. We should be known for this, all right? So we wanna we wanna practice his presence. We wanna follow the leader. And then the last thing we're gonna talk about today is we wanna become childlike. Mm -hmm. Jesus says in Matthew 18 and three, I assure you that unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So you will have access to a supernatural realm but you will never enter in unless you become childlike. And there are lots of things about children, but there are a couple of things about children that I really want to point out. Children are curious. We have to get to the point that we're asking God, okay, God, help me understand. How do we get more healing for cancer in the earth? How do we help all of these people who don't have money? How do we help all of these people who have this increase of suicidal thoughts? Lord, we're curious. You have the answers. We need the answers. We are curious. And then we have to be willing to trust enough to follow him, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to host the presence of God, you got to go beyond being a good person. You have to take the posture of a mm -hmm. child. You have to get curious. Anybody who knows me, my husband knows it. I ask a lot of questions. I ask God a lot of questions because I don't know the answer. And so I'm going to ask. I want to know where is the solution for cancer? Where is the solution for mental illness? How do we get it? How do we release it? And one of the things I always want to know about miracles, because miracles are a technology from heaven, which means they can be duplicated. I want to know how we get it to happen again. That's one of my questions. I, how, we did this. How do we do it again and again and again? The Bible says the secret things are hidden from us. I mean, hidden for us. And once they're revealed, they belong to us. So when we can recognize, for example, when Pastor Elwin can see that blood pressure machine, when I can feel that tingle, when somebody can smell, we can go, okay, we know that God is ready to do something in this moment and we want to participate in what he's doing, right? I think the other thing too is that children are naturally trusting. Yeah, that's, yeah. Children are naturally trusting and part of being their natural trust is that, you know, you can tell a little kid, you know, I used to do it with the kids all the time. You know, I have them get on top of something and just, just tell them, just jump. I right, kids, just jump. And, and they would just jump. It didn't matter how high it was or how far it was. They just knew I was going to catch them. And I think that we have to become that kind of trusting toward God. But if God sends us on assignment, we know God's got us. Just jump. Just jump. Just jump. And, but, and so then I think, let me add this. I didn't put this in the notes. We have to give up our reputation. Some of my biggest breakthroughs have been because I wasn't, I, I'm, also, I'm not going to say I wasn't afraid of looking like a fool. I'm saying I wasn't willing to allow fear of looking like a fool to stop me. Right. And I'm going to tell y'all a story about the girls because this is what I mean in child life, but I want to set the story up. We used to drive to Conway to church two hours and 15 minutes, one way to church. I get up this one particular Sunday morning and the Holy Spirit says to me, "I'm this, this morning I'm going to heal people's right shoulder. And so I'm like, oh, cool. I can't wait to get to church. 
he says, no, no, I want you to put it on your Facebook page. Now, that was way back before I used to do stuff like that. I'm like, wait a minute. You want me to just randomly put out here that God is healing people's right shoulders right now. Okay, it sure seemed weird to me. So literally, one of the things I have found is that when God tells me to do something, I move before I can talk myself out of it. Yeah. I get my, I move, I move before I can talk myself out of it. Because if I wait too long, my mm -hmm. intellect is going to kick in and tell me why I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I immediately pull out my computer. I say, this is probably going to sound weird to some of y'all, but this is what the Lord just showed me, that he wants to heal people's right shoulders right now. I walk away from the post because I'm so sure the post is so crazy, okay? The first thing that happens is that I get a message from a lady who is not a Christian. I know her from some coaching work I've done. She says to me, I don't know how to explain this to you, but as I read your post, I began to feel this heat run down my right shoulder. And I got injured in the military. I have not been able to lift my hand over, above my head in, like she said, six years. She said, I felt this heat and I literally lifted up my, and I can raise my hand and it doesn't hurt. Amen. Now, all I need is a blade because now I'm all in because I'm like, all right, just one. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, then people all day, people are messaging. They're saying, when I read it, I felt the presence of God. Or when I read it, something happened for me. But the best story is I had a friend who's an atheist, known atheist, public atheist, and he was in pain. And the first day he laughed and he ignored it. He said he was laying in bed and he was really, really hurting. And he was just like, you know, I don't even believe it's a God. But if the God of Sean Strickland is real, do something about my show. Pain to do that. He said, if the he told me, he said, I didn't say God if you're real. He said, I said, if the God of Sean Strickland is real. Now that's Bible stuff right there. And he says he literally began to feel this electricity run through his body. Well, well, if God couldn't lie. I mean, he said, if the God of Sean Strickland is real, well, he is real. <laughs> it's like when Peter said, Lord, if it be you. He said, well, come on, because it's certainly me. And literally, guys, he got healed. Now, he is still working on becoming a believer, <laughs> right. but he is so much more open to the things of God than he was before that encounter. Now, this is the setup for the girls. Because we've always taught our kids to just pray. They trust us. They just pray. The thing I love about our kids, our kids don't do no bunch of tearing when they praying because that supernatural is so natural for them. Okay? So a couple of days later, because all week people have been commenting on this post where people got healed. Dawn said, she said the other week I told this testimony and her shoulder got healed again as a result of this right here. So the girls, are. At, we're at the park after school. I think they're in the third and fourth grade. They were young. I know they were in the second, third grade or the third and fourth grade. And when I get to the park, the girls go play and the moms are there. It's like two moms there. And they're like, tell me about what is happening with these people getting healed. We don't understand it. So I'm explaining to them, healing is really simple. Healing is the will of God. He just wants to heal. He's just looking for somebody to do it. A third lady walks up. She's grimacing. She's like, what's, um, they're like, what's wrong? 
And they're like, these two ladies are really excited. They kind of want to see something. They, You know what I'm saying? It's not a part of their church. They kind of want to see something. And she's like, I'm, not, I'm, pain. I'm in so much pain. My back has been hurting for weeks. I can't bend over and touch my toes. The lady, one lady is like, let Sean pray for you. I can tell by the fear on this lady's face, having grown up with that kind of fear. This lady is not about to let me. And that lady her. didn't know you, right? No, she didn't know me. The one who was hurting knew you. The one oh, who okay. was hurting knew okay. me, but she she didn't she know nothing about no healing. Okay. okay, okay, And so she was like, "I'm not about to let you touch me. I could I could perceive that by the spirit." Mm. So I asked her. I said, "Would you let my girls pray for you?" And you could tell that kind of disarmed her a little bit. Okay. So she said, yes, your girls can pray for me. And I think she really just did it to be polite. I right. think she did it to be polite. I called the girls over there. I said, hey, Jordan Canaan, Miss So-and-so, her back is hurting. She can't bend down. And I say to them, can you do anything about it? That's what I say to them. Can you do anything about it? They both say, of course we can. Canaan lays hands on her. She says, all she says is back, be healed in Jesus' name. Takes off running back to the playground. Canaan, Jordan lays hands onto her and she says, be healed in Jesus' name. Runs back off to the playground. This They back on the playground playing and the lady is standing there crying and she reaches over and touches her toes and says, I have not been able to touch my toes for a week. These girls are at the playground and this is one of my favorite stories because these girls are so fully convinced that God is a healer that they don't go, it's real, her back. We, we don't need to know no details. We don't need to know how long she's had. It ain't problem. no father. I come to you as boldly as I, she's like, look, back be healed. Back be healed I'm in out. Jesus name. Back be healed. <laughs> we, that is how, but it was the childlike faith. Yeah. It's the childlike faith. And those of you who heard Jordan pray the other week. She still prays with that simple childlike faith. Just like, hey, God made, she'll say to me, God made me talk. I know he can do it for them. We have to, we have to just, but we got to practice. Mm -hmm. We have to practice. So now we're going to practice. Tell you they say, we about to practice. We about, we about to, practice. to practice, all right? So anybody who has any pain. So this is what happens for me. Pastor Edwin, feel free to throw something in. Chris, you feel free to throw something in. But listen, what happens for me is that whenever God tells me he's going to do this, there are some places I have some sweet spots. I have some sweet spots in shoulders and knees. Shoulders and knees and ankles, right? I can tell right now because of how God deals with me that the presence to heal is here and that I'm aware of it, right? Um, because I can feel the tingly that baby said he don't get. I can feel it. And so I can always feel it the strongest on this side of my body. And I know we're about to get some supernatural things. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to teach you how to do it. You're going to learn how to practice. You're going to do this over and over again until you get good at this. Right. So if anybody has any pain in their body right now, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to decide to believe that you can pray and receive healing in an instant. Okay. I want you to believe that you can do it because Jesus said it. That's all. That's enough. Jesus said it. That's all. That's enough. So anybody who has any pain or you want to stand in for someone who has any pain, because we learned that from you, from Elder Anderson. We learned that from you with meningitis, that you can stand in proxy for somebody who's in pain. Right. So what I see is joints, shoulders, knees, ankles, intestinal problems, 
back problems. I'm going to pull on something I used the other day, which is um, anybody who has foggy memory, anyone who's had concussions, any kind of brain delay, anything like that. Do you have anything? Mm -mm. <laughs> I love I you. Just, I don't. I mean, I don't it's make cool. up stuff. I don't. So um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love you. You, you, my, you my favorite person in the whole wide world, right? So if you're, if it's you, you're going to gauge if you're in pain right now, or if there is a limitation that you have on your body, right? If you go, oh, I can only lift my hand this far. Oh, I, or my pain is a nine or my pain is a six. You're going to have a gauge, right? Oh, or anybody who has pain in their neck or back. See, anybody who has pain in their neck or back, pain in their neck or back. Chris, you got anything? So anybody who has pain in their neck or back, right? And so listen, now let me tell you what Don taught me because the very first time I did this with right shoulder, Don had a left shoulder issue and she said, I take that. I believe that you can be a person who can say, even if they don't call out my thing, I'm taking my healing today. Even if they don't call out my specific issue, I am taking my healing today. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Now, I got to get to teach you this real quick. <clears throat> it is so important that when you pray, you believe you receive when you pray, not when you see. Mm -hmm. You must believe when you pray in order to see. You must get rid of that language that says God is going to heal me. And you must say, I am healed and I am now coming for the healing that belongs to me. So you want to gauge your level of pain and discomfort, right? Now, for those of you who are willing to step out and be bold, if you're praying, you can say, my so-and-so is hurting. My pain right now is X. So we can have some record of, right? Now, number three. You're going to lay hands on yourself or on your family member, right? If you are praying for a friend, you can open up their, your phone and put your hand on a picture they got or just vision them or whatever, right? You're going to lay hands and now we are going to pray. Now, the question is, can we do anything about this? Absolutely, we can because Jesus told us to lay hands on the sick. Jesus told us we can send the word and Jesus told us that we can speak the word. And so that's what we're going to do. So lay hands on yourself. If it, wherever you can touch, lay hands for the person. And so this is what we say, father, in the name of Jesus, yes. we release the healing virtue now. Yes. And we command healing to manifest. And we thank you for the privilege to pray to pray. We thank you for permission to pray. And we thank you that you always hear us when we pray. Now, Father, I specifically like Jesus prayed when he prayed for Lazarus to come out of the grave. We pray not that we need a sign. We know what you can do. We pray for the person who doesn't even know that you can heal, who isn't even sure if it's possible. We release divine encounters and healing now in the name of Jesus. Amen. We speak to head trauma. Amen. We speak to neck. We speak to your spine. We tell your spine to straighten out and to be strengthened. We speak to your stomach. We yes. command all stomach issues to regulate. We speak to your liver. We speak to your lungs. 
We speak to your heart. We speak to all female organs. We speak to all male organs. We speak to legs. We speak to knees. We speak to toes. We speak to fingers. I hear that real clear. We speak to arthritis and we tell mm -hmm. it to go now in the name of Jesus. We command rheumatoid arthritis and all forms of arthritis. And even right now, I see somebody's fingers being able to mm -hmm. stretch out. You could it. not mm -hmm. fully grab your fingers mm -hmm. in. You could not fully stretch them out. But I need you to do that by faith and begin to testify about that. Now, listen, and we believe it. We receive it in Jesus name. Now, before we check our bodies, let's go ahead and praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you that it's done in Jesus name. Yes. Now, check yourself. This is number four. This is the process. Now, those of you who put a number in, we saw um, we saw. Um, for example, Etoy put eight. Now you got to check your knee. Listen. And you got an E-toy, listen, I sense, you know, I know you, so I want to say this. This is fair because I know you, but I believe the stress in your knee is stress. It's not physical as much as it is stress. So the pain is stress. And so we, we even speak against the release of that pressure and that stress that you feel and that your body would regulate, right? Now, what I need everybody to do is I need you to check your body for any progress. I just saw Mudir say we pray for eyes. I want to remind y'all of a testimony that years ago we had in this church facility, this property we're on right now, where the Lord gave me to pray for people who were wearing glasses and that they and and, and um Ari was immediately healed. Her vision was immediately healed. Do it again. Somebody just say, do it again, Jesus. Somebody just say, do it again, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, Sonia, we speak to your husband's stomach and we speak a creative miracle in the name of Jesus. We speak a creative miracle. We reach into heaven and we pull down a new stomach. We pull down new body parts and we declare healing come to him now that his system regulate now in the name of Jesus. Now, I need everybody who was praying for whatever. I saw Joshua. I think it was Joshua already put in the comments. He can feel the release of pressure on his spine. Somebody praise God for that. Now, if anybody check, I need you to check your body if you pray for something. Now, I need you to check the progress. Do you have any progress at all? Let me tell you something. I think that people really miss this right here. People miss it because people will go, it went from eight to seven. That's progress. We thank God for it. Mm -hmm. And then people will miss it because you feel like nothing happened. But one of my favorite testimonies is Chandra's testimony where she had problems with her knees. We pray in a in a teaching that I was doing. And the next morning she got up and could sit crisscross applesauce in the floor and didn't even realize that the healing had taken place overnight, Right. Etoy went from an eight to a six. We'll take it, but we're going back one more round because that's what we do. And you have to learn how to be greedy and how to be willing to go back over and over again. We're practicing. We're going forth. Now, for those of you, do something that you couldn't do before. Listen, I can lift my hand up. Those of you who have family members, you may not be with them right now. What I need you to do is that when you can see them or text them right now, I want you to know I'm praying for your back right now. I want you to know that I'm releasing healing into your back right now. They don't necessarily have to believe. Brenda Jones said that her knee is now at a three. All right, let's go. When I stood up, I'm putting pressure on my, I missed the rest of what Angie said. 
This has to be natural. This has to be normal. And then everybody who experienced healing and everybody who saw a healing testimony, I challenge you on your Facebook page when church is over to go this morning in our virtual service, we experienced these kind of supernatural healings that take place, right? Now we're going to go back in. Tanya McCoy says, my ankle was hurting this morning, but I still wanted to get out and walk. I started walking and it was still hurting. I just prayed and I feel no pain in my ankle. I'm walking faster and I have a little more pep in my step. Do it again, Jesus. We thank you for that. She went out. She was walking. She had pain. Now she has no pain. Mother says the floater in her left eye is gone. So now we got ankle miracles. We got eye miracles. We have... um. We have um, knee miracles. We have spine miracles. Come on. You just got to believe. It's so simple. All you have to do is believe. Amen. Mm -hmm. You just have to believe. Come on and give God some praise. Now, we're going to go back in one more time. We're going to go back in. Angie says, standing up, putting pressure on my leg. Lower back pain has less pain. We're going to go back again. Take your neighbor say, let's do it again. Let's do it again. So those of you that your pain went down, then we're going to go back in for you. Those of you who don't have any pain left, now you're going to stretch your hands toward these people. Stretch your hand toward this screen right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you just showed us. We thank you that sixes, eights went to sixes. We thank you that Tanya doesn't have any pain anymore. We thank you that Muddy doesn't have a floater in her eye. We thank you that somebody's back doesn't hurt anymore. We thank you. But you know what, Lord? We just want to be greedy. We want it all. We want it all in the name of Jesus. And so we're coming back one more round and we want it all. We want all Etoy pain to be gone. We want all of Brenda's pain to be gone. We want all of the spine to be fixed. We want all of the pressure to be out of hips and legs and knees. We want all of the stomach issues to be fixed. We want all of the headache to be gone. We want it all. We want it all because Jesus died for us to get to have it all. We want it all. And so we release healing now in the name of Jesus. We command all sickness in every form to go now in Jesus name. We rebuke pain in every form. Go now in Jesus name and we declare healing to manifest. Now check your body. Do what you couldn't do before. Check your body. Do what you couldn't do before. Do what you couldn't do before. And now we want you to share your testimony. We need you to put it in the comments. We need you to send us a message. I went to bed last night and was having a vertigo episode. Still very dizzy this morning, but I take my healing. Listen, stand up by faith. Just stand up by faith. We command dizziness to go. We, go, we, were, we, were, we, we command balance to come back into your system in the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to give you a natural te a technique with that as well. If you get a motion sickness band, a motion sickness band, you can use a motion sickness band for a person who is um, having challenge with vertigo. A motion sickness band will help you um, bring some balance to that while your body is catching up with what um, what is taking place for you. Kibway says the pain in her finger is gone. Come on, so her pain is gone in Jesus' name. Y'all give God some praise for that. This is a great God that we serve. We serve a great God. He's a big God. He's not withholding healing from us. We don't have to manage disease. We don't have to, you don't have to take Tylenol every day for your head not to hurt. You don't have to be, we thank God for medicine, but we're not bound to, Michael said the Lord gave him an instruction about posture. Brenda says, I can bend down, no pain. Come on, mm. come on, come on. Y'all give God some praise. 
We thank God for that. Tell your neighbor, say, see how he easy healing is. See how easy healing is. See how easy healing is. You got to get it in your heart that it's so easy. It's so easy to heal. It's just a natural extension that when Jesus died on the cross for your sin, he died for your healing too. Come on and just receive that. Any last testimonies? We're going to get ready to go. Listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, you need to go ahead and do it because mm -hmm. Jesus is the best thing that will ever happen to you. He heals the sick. Um, Listen. Angie said, just walk through my kitchen doing high knees with very little discomfort. But see, listen, now I just got to say this. I, now I got to go a third round because she went from a lot of pain to a little bit of pain. And now we just got to go ahead one more time. Kimberly says she got reduced. We we got to go. We Let's go one more time. Can we go one more time? Babe, will you pray this time? Absolutely. <laughs> you ready? We ready. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a healer. And we thank you that just as you heal, we thank you the same power lives within us. And so we come together collectively praying for individuals who are on this broadcast and those who they are standing in proxy for. We declare in Jesus' name that necks are healed, backs are healed, knees are healed, stomachs are healed, uh, ankles are healed. We declare that every ailment that has been called out, that it be healed now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that just as the man who was healed said that he see men as trees, you said that wasn't good enough. That We're going for enough. everything thing. We declared not a little discomfort. We're declaring no discomfort. We declared not a reduced pain, but no pain. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that what they could not do before, now, in Jesus' name, they can do it. They can do it, and they can do it pain-free, and to God be the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. No discomfort. Test your body. Test your body. Come on, test your body and testify that the spirit of Jesus, the, um, the, the spirit of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus. So when we testify, I need y'all to put in the comments, bravo, Jesus, because when we testify of Jesus, we release Jesus' healing power. Come on, listen, we taking everything. And then I want you to say, and don't come back again. And don't come back again. I have taken my healing and don't come back again. And don't come back. You don't have any place here. You don't belong here. I belong to God. I have been healed. I have been delivered. I have been set free. So if you get up this in the morning, trying in your ankle, try like it's going to hurt. You say, uh-uh, don't you come back here. You do not belong here. You do not belong here. I have been healed. I have been delivered. I have been set free. And don't come back. Back. We declare your bodies to be pain-free zones. We Ooh, declare your body to be a pain-free zone. Everyone who's received their healing, you, de you declare and decree your body is a pain-free zone. Amen. Now, if you have the ability, we don't have it here, but you should take communion when we get off of here to seal this. And we, we pray over symptoms. We pray over things that we didn't name. We thank you that the word goes forth now and cause it. Now, those people that we went back through one last time, I want to give you one last opportunity to testify. Maybe some of you didn't even join in to the last time, but I need to see everybody who had any types of healing throughout even if you already come in at once i need you to put it in the thing i want you to say this is what jesus did for me and i want you to say what happened jesus healed my back jesus healed my finger jesus healed my knee jesus healed i need you to put it in the comments come on angie said no pain come on put it in there 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and I tell people, you know, listen, do not get discouraged if you like, because we, we ain't asking you to fake anything. So if you still feel that pain, every time you feel it, you declare my body's a pain, a pain my, free my zone. My body's a pain free and zone. And you watch and see, you watch and see what, what, what Holy Spirit does. Some of you, you may be after your afternoon nap and you wake up and you may not even realize it, but the pain will be gone. It'll be gone. And you won't even, it, may, it may be a few hours before you realize that, oh, wait, I ain't in pain no more. Listen, you declare right now in Jesus' name, I am the healed of the Lord. I am healed. My body is a pain-free zone. We don't allow symptoms to determine whether we've been healed or not. By his stripes, we what? Are healed. Amen. Amen. And I love that wisdom that you gave because even when we go to the doctor, we go to the doctor because we believe we are healed. Yes. We go to the doctor because we want them to partner with us on the healing we already believe. Um, Aunt Deb said, the tingling in my left arm, wrist to shoulder is gone. Praise God. Mother said, Jesus healed my left eye. Amen. Um, somebody said, uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Somebody else said their finger was healed. Kimboy said, Courtney said, Jesus healed my lower abdominum and come on listen we take it all 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 by his stripes we are healed now were you blessed today that's how easy it is to go after healing. Amen. That's how easy it is to go after healing. If Fellowship of Champions the church for you, then you can become a virtual partner today. Man, listen, we love you guys so much. Everybody just give God a loud shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus, that you would meet us here, that you would heal your people. Man, and we just, we're, we're super excited. We want to encourage you to sow into this word today. You, whatever you're, whether you bring your tithe, your offering today, you ought to just put in your notes today. Supernatural. We're tapping into to the supernatural. We live in the supernatural. We're going to have testimonies of the supernatural. This is a church with a culture of the supernatural, right? You have ways to give. You can give through Giveify, PushPay, Tidely, Text to Give, 833-969-0897. And I want to make a special push for this. You know, on July 1, we're going to begin to raise money for our scholarships. Yeah. And we love what happens in July because the last two July we have covered the year's worth of scholarship in that one giving campaign. Some of you by faith need to decide. I'm going to give a scholarship. I'm going to give half a scholarship. I'm going to double what I gave last year. I'm going to increase it by 25% because I want to be a part of super, something supernatural, releasing the torment of student, of student loan debts for these children. And we declare that we're a ministry that we may be giving $10,000, but soon and very soon we will give full scholarship scholarships in Jesus name, Amen. full tuition and housing scholarships. Amen. 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 And I want to just tell y'all this, you know, I say this because I believe that this is so important. I believe that whenever your pastor gets a vision, if you say that pastor Ellen is your man of God, I care about the scholarship because he cares about it. And I care deeply about the scholarship. And, it's, and it's one of the things that I care so much about because it literally is a selfless act for us to help change the lives and trajectory of the lives of those people that we bless. And it's just, it's a wonderful opportunity. I look forward to the day. Uh, we've, I've already seen it, but I look forward to the day that it manifests that we are giving away full scholarships to kids to go to school uh, so they can come out of college with no debt attached to them. And the Bible says that what we make happen, what we make happen for others, God makes happen for us. And maybe you don't need a scholarship, but maybe you need a house paid off. 
Maybe you need the car paid off. Maybe you need a new job. Maybe you need a vacation. Whatever it is, when you take your resources and you begin to sow into the life of someone else, selflessly, you begin to do that first, then that harvest that comes upon your life is multiplied. And I've seen it. I tell you, it's interesting. I've got, I, I, I made a Facebook post about it the other day that we were getting ready for it. And I had two people reach out and say, hey, let me know. I want to do it again this year. You know, I don't necessarily go to y'all church. I don't even follow y'all that much, but I, I give to the scholarship fund. All right. I appreciate that. You know, and so those of us who are here, you know, who are partners here, we certainly want to do our part. So I love the scholarship. So help out with that. Yeah. But I was like, sorry, dude, we're going to do it the same Sunday we do the other one. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So listen, we, I want to thank you because I really appreciate you. Let's, let's give Pastor Edwin a bunch of love today. I, I want to thank you because I really appreciate your flexibility. Like so many of the things I've gotten to learn about healing and how to release the supernatural, it's been because you're flexible mm -hmm. and because you're willing to allow us to practice. And I really do appreciate that about you. I appreciate that I can have an idea about how we can minister something. And it might not have necessarily been the way that you will do it, but you'll give me an opportunity to see if we can get some fruit for it. And yeah. so I thank you for doing that. I thank you for being that kind of leader. I appreciate that so much. You're welcome. No, there's not one way to operate in the supernatural. God has a multitude of ways of doing a multitude of things. And as long as you can judge what we're doing uh, by the spirit of love and, and by his word, uh, I'm down for it. You don't have to be, you don't have to be the way I would do it. Uh, as long as as long as people are receiving their breakthrough and they're being delivered and healed. Uh, that's what's important. So. Now we got 54 people left and you know what I need everybody to do. You've already testified whether you had something happen for you today. I need you to get on your Facebook page. I need you to tag Fellowship of Champions and I need you to list several of these testimonies. And then I want you to take a bold, courageous step. And I want you to tell people on your page that if they need healing to send you a message and you can go those steps with them. Yep. Why? Because you're going to get proficient by doing it. Now, some of you may be thinking, but Pastor Sean, I'm still in pain. One of the best ways to manifest your own healing is to freely give away what it is that you're believing for. How do we know? Because there's been many times that we came to church not feeling well and in pain and started to deliver the gospel to someone else. And as we were delivering the gospel to someone else, all the pain and discomfort and, and sickness that we were feeling went out the window. Hallelujah. Listen, we went a little long today, but I think it was worth it. Do y'all think I, it was worth it? We want to encourage you. You know all the activities that we're having, strategies for success on Monday at noon, on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. We're going to have prayer. We're going to be praying for the supernatural. We're going to be praying for healing, for deliverance, and for victory. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have victory zone. I mean, Ignite. We want to get our kids into Ignite. They're doing a fabulous job with them. And we want to get your kids watching victory zone. A lot of kids got their birthday gifts or their different gifts mm -hmm. this week. And that was so exciting. We say shout out to our Victory Zone team. Then after that, Pastor Ralph is going to be doing a refreshed Bible study at 8 p.m. Central. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Then on Friday morning, we're going to have Champion Circle where all the champions gather. So we pray something supernatural happens. And then next Sunday at 9 a.m., Pastor Chris and Elder Valley are going to be right back here via Kristen Valley Worships. Want to encourage you to get 
get on worship, be ready, be prepared, come back with your testimony because this week you're going to have testimonies and then we will be back here or actually I'll be back here because Pastor Elwin is headed back to Dubai. So y'all be sure to lift him up. He's leaving on Friday. He'll be back in Dubai and I'll be back here and we're going to still be pushing into this supernatural. I need you to normalize healing. I need you to normalize mm -hmm. praying for the sick. Mm -hmm. I need you to normalize getting out your comfort zone. And let's remember what Elder Anderson told you. Our job is to pray. Pray and believe. Pray and believe. God's job is to do the God stuff. That's Let's right. keep the simplicity of Jordan and Canaan when they were young girls. Can we do something about it? Absolutely, we can. We can release the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Want to say anything else? Have a great week. Y'all have a great <laughs> week. We'll see y'all real soon. Bye-bye. All right.